Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And we are live with the Standing Room Spartans podcast. Your host, Kevin Parker, your co-host, Scott Martin. We are back. We are in action. We are uh, apologetic of the last, I don't know, what, eight weeks now that we've just kind of sporadically been podcasting whenever we have time. But I, I promise you, we have been incredibly busy, the two of us, and we do feel bad not only like for the the listeners of like you're missing out on our great content but you know like we enjoy doing this so it kind of sucks when we're not able to but uh but yeah we are back we are hopefully now going to be on a totally normal schedule from from here on out um we'll get to all of that we got kind of a schedule primer coming up here but scott you were on your honeymoon, you were all over the place. Uh, so first of all, how are you? How was the honeymoon? How was the wedding? I guess you haven't been on since your wedding. Uh, wherever you want to go. Well, you were there. You know how the wedding was. You tell me. <laughs> uh, no, it's good. Married. I, I got a new job shortly before I got married. So a um, lot of new stuff going on. The wedding was great, obviously. Uh, things went off without a hitch. Italy was great. I uh, was there for like 10 days and had never been there and already want to go back, but put on like at least a dozen pounds. I mean, it did <laughs> not take long. Uh, I, by the end of the trip, I was like, I, I completely do not remember what it's like to be hungry at all. Like uh, that's just a foreign concept to me at this point. Um, yeah, no, doing good. I definitely have been busy. Definitely have missed the grind here. Excited to get back. Sorry to the listeners who may have been sitting there, you know, constantly refreshing their spotify or apple podcast feed waiting for new episodes to drop we took a little summer sabbatical um but we're going to be back in full swing now hopefully getting back to a couple episodes a week so like i said excited to be back into a routine here and talking spartan football yeah and and i hopped on i guess two weeks ago and recorded solo and then for the last week, I was in Amsterdam trying to find a new apartment. I got a new job out there. Then we were at a bachelor party. It's it's been it's been pretty wild. Let's just uh, leave it there. It's it's been a crazy time. Hopefully, you guys forgive us and uh, and we'll get back to business as usual. I guess so. Um, I don't know. Like a, a 
a lot going on, but at the same time, not very much. We're in, we're in the midst of the recruiting dead period. Um, the, I mean, I guess since the last times that we've spoken, there have, there've been some recruiting news that has popped off. Uh, there's some recruiting news still to come that will be popping off pretty soon. We'll get to that. We are going to kind of lay out our schedule a little bit as best we can here, uh, for how we're going to treat the next 46 days as of now until uh, the first kickoff for Michigan state against Western Michigan on the, the Friday night there. So we've been, uh, we've got, we've been going strong with the countdown. I get a lot of responses on that. I always uh, appreciate how much uh, people, I appreciate the appreciation of the countdown. Uh, I won't lie. It doesn't take that much work, but you dig into a little bit of research and it's, it's fun for me as well to pull out some of these names. Uh, Today was Ron Hatcher who played back in the 40s, I believe. Um, it was a fullback. He was the first African-American signed by the Washington Redskins at the time, uh, who were the last team in the NFL to integrate. So you get some of these like interesting little stories that I had never even knew before. So um, that's been fun. Countdown's going strong. Like I said, 46 days as we were listening today on monday july the 18th so we are sneaking up here man it's it's right around the corner every time i think we were just talking about this before we recorded do every time i think about it, i'm like eh, it's like early july and then all of a sudden you look at your phone and it's like wait july 18th we have next week like the end of next week is the last day of july you know it's just kind of like whoa this <laughs> This is this is flying by. So I don't know, man. I, I guess we'll uh, we'll just kind of figure this out as it goes. Yeah. So today, um, we realized today would have been a great episode for a mailbag, but probably doing that later this week. So if you're listening and you have a question from whatever we talk about um, in the next few minutes, bookmark it, send it to us. Uh, DM Kevin or myself or email us or whoever you get a hold of us, send us a pigeon uh, with your mailbag question because we want to have something to talk about later this week. Um, but today we're just kind of recapping things. So we haven't talked, Kevin, phew, the, the both of us. I don't know. I mean, it's been so long. <laughs> I've just completely lost track many moons ago. Um, it was like pre or middle of official visit season. And right. June was a great month for Spartan recruiting. Uh, a lot of hits, a few misses, but that's to be expected when you're shooting for the blue blue chips. So we're not going to go through every recruit. Um, I think the last one was by Job. Um, yeah, Joby, Job. I don't know. And and that was definitely since the last time that I was on. So this is totally new for the podcast as a whole. Huge get, right? Yeah. As it stands, the Spartans' top two recruits in the class according to 247 composite are by job and another defensive lineman andrew de pepe who i think was the first commitment of the class or at least first five commitments um so the brandon jordan the bt jordan effect in full swing still a couple defensive linemen on the board um yeah i mean what david what hicks season said, heating up we're trying to build from the trenches, which I think is is just always a great strategy. You look at teams like Maryland. We were talking about this before we get on. Like they get 
dudes. They got athletes coming through, but they can't win because they can't control the line of scrimmage. Um, yeah, I think the Spartans have have a great core lined up right, in this it, class. And you go like conversely to Iowa, right? And every every single year, what do people say about Iowa? There's no explosive playmakers. They don't have that downfield passing attack. They don't have this. They don't have this. But they have incredible offensive and defensive line play, and they win eight-plus games every single season, usually closer to 10. So that's that's the way you build a team. Alabama, they've got those great receivers. They've got those great running backs. But how many defensive linemen have they had drafted in the first round over the last few years, right? Like that's at the end of the day, as much as we spread out the game of football, as much as the the spread offenses and spread attacks continue to kind of evolve how offenses are playing, I I can't envision a world where football isn't still one in the trenches. That's just just the way it goes, man. I, like Clemson all those years, their defensive lines were just so unbelievably disruptive. And when you have that, it's... It's hard to lose games when you have a great defensive line. Look so at we're, we're working on that. Yeah, Michigan and Ohio State last season, right? Who has who had more composite aggregate talent on their team in that game last year? Hands down, Ohio State. But Michigan had one of the best offensive lines in the country, and maybe not through and through one of the best defensive lines, but at least one of the best edge pair, pairings. Those, in the yeah, country. those. Those edge guys were, I mean, if uh, if Ajabo doesn't tear his Achilles or whatever he did in his pro day, he's probably going first round, maybe early second round. Yeah. Like, that's that's the kind of dudes you need to win in this league. And uh, by Job, hopefully is that. He was, he's got an interesting story, right? He was from Senegal, came over to the U.S. Uh, in eighth grade and started playing football in high school. Right, he's one of those kind of late bloomer guys that just didn't play youth football and didn't really know the rules and didn't really understand technique and and everything. But he's so big and athletic and long and just really fluid. It's it's one of those guys that you can easily envision the ceiling when he yeah. kind of puts it all together. And with a guy like Brandon Jordan, who's putting out videos every week of him working with some of the best pass rushers in the NFL, um, that seems like a winning formula. Yeah, by Job came over to play, uh, actually to develop a basketball career. That was that was the reason he moved to the United States, and I find it hilarious. He moves, he probably just caught like a football practice out of the corner of his eye, just sees dudes slamming into each other, and he's like, "What?" Uh, What's going on over there? What what are they doing? <laughs> uh, I think I want to do that. Um, and which yeah, is now, usually the opposite, right? The guys like they have their first practice and they hit the ho- Oklahoma drill or something, and they're like, "So when is uh when's a basketball tryout?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> so he was the opposite. Yeah. yeah. So already being a top sixty-five recruit in this class, I think they have a re-rank. I thought it was supposed to be like today or something. I think it's later today. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see where all that fleshes out. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit on Thursday, but um, top 65 with basically just based on raw talent Um, with another season, obviously of, of high school football to go. um, Yeah. We'll see what he looks like. Hopefully, you know, he, he stays in MSU recruit through, 
the whole process and he finds his way to East Lansing and uh, can really get the Brandon Jordan effect at that point. But uh, so the defensive line building up strong so far in this class, offensive line, um, Cole Dellinger, I think committed since. Yep. We last spoke. It's been so long. So forgive <laughs> us if we're if we're covering yep, our tracks a little bit. That's a new one. But uh, so he is an interior offensive lineman. Likely he's he's got the size to play either either inside or outside, but likely a guard um, name to watch for. And I know you you kind of mentioned this at the top, but uh, Peyton Kirkland, if you haven't been keeping your eye on him, uh, he's expected to commit, I think, next week, Kevin. Yep, on Saturday he's got he's got a four hour commitment special. So uh, I don't know when whatever time between like four and eight p.m. or whatever it was on Saturday he will be uh, he'll be announcing. We've got a a lot of crystal ball momentum for him, so that would be a huge get, literally and figuratively. I think he's like six six three forty. Yeah, um, he did just visit Miami, so. Anyone who's been following college recruiting closely knows Miami's been on an absolute tear. They got one of the best bag men in the game. Um, and also, I think just to have a much more attractive sell now, Manny Diaz was doing the best he could, but Mario Cristobal, uh, great recruiter, back home, recruiting that Florida in-state talent. Peyton Kirkland is from Orlando. So uh, hopefully Peyton Kirkland will stay with that MSU momentum, but certainly not without a little bit of competition. Yeah, don't, really, don't count the don't count the chickens before they hatch on this one for sure. Would really start to round out that offensive line. Right now, we have three offensive line commitments, but all on the interior: Cole Dellinger, Clay Wedden, and Jonathan Slack. So Kirkland still on the board. Miles McVeigh, another name to keep your eyes on at tackle. Um. Yeah, building from the trenches, and uh, and I love it. Um, anything else on basically the whole recruiting season? We have uh, Spartan Dog Con. We were trying to kind of run the numbers. They haven't announced the date, but we think it'll be the last weekend in July, like literally the 30th, 31st. Um, but that's probably going to be more focused on 2024 recruits. We'll see what the final visitor list looks like. But, Kevin... 2023 recruits we've been through a heck of a season tons of four stars one of the best classes already we've ever seen at michigan state since recruiting rankings started to be a thing um final thoughts as it stands right now uh my final thought is i i got a little distracted because i was scrolling through the the targets tab on michigan state for the the 24 7 site and I just learned that there's a linebacker in this class that has a Michigan State offer whose name is Kavion Thunderbird. So do with that information what you will. Um, no, I like. I mean, it's it's still at, at the end of the day. As much as it seems like things are really picking up steam, and it's it's pretty darn early in the process. Like it's July, so. Whatever side of the fence that you're on with this Michigan State class, whether you think this is going to be the greatest class in Michigan State football history, or whether you think, man, this is you know disappointing. We keep missing out on you know these big players. It's July. There is a good what the the last national signing day is February. 
we've we've got time to to kind of wrap this thing up and and do it the right way so whether you are uh yeah whether you're optimistic or pessimistic just know that there's a lot of time for things to change and uh and and as we head into the season the you know it's it's i think this is kind of the last time where recruiting is on the forefront of everybody's mind because fall camp will open in 2 weeks and once fall camp opens I think I speak for most Michigan State fans that my attention span when it comes to recruiting gets very minimized because it's it's football season. You you're seeing videos of pads popping, you hear the sound, you see the players, you see everything, you see the green grass, you've got panoramic shots of the stadium. You've got the 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 video team putting out hype videos, and it's it's full steam ahead. I mean, week zero is I think the last week of of August. Like we are just over a month from actual college football games being played, which is ridiculous. But here we are. Yeah, it's there's always a cycle. Uh, in the off season, the sorry, I got distracted watching oak tree grow from an acorn. We're clearly a little rusty <laughs> in the studio here, folks. So bear with Saturday, us. Saturday, August twenty seventh. So we got like a a month and a week until Nebraska Northwestern in Dublin, Ireland, which is still the most random college football game I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I like Notre Dame and <laughs> I don't know Boston College or something would have been it's, fantastic but i whatever we'll take it a, a close runner up in that category while we're off to- topic is uh Notre Dame BYU in Las Vegas <laughs> interesting <laughs> random you... college football games with random locations yeah and, and BYU and, and Notre Dame the two like most religious schools in the country going to Las <laughs> Vegas to duke it right. out um anyway so yeah, we go through this cycle every offseason where the season ends and we're still kind of reveling in in the fun of of the season. We're like, yeah, we're not going to focus on recruiting this offseason. And we do our best. February passes. Maybe we get through March and we're still like reciprocating storylines from the previous year, looking ahead to the next season. Eventually, we just get worn down, just recruiting just pesters and pesters and pesters at our attention. And by like June, we're full steam. Like, yeah, we're experts in recruiting. <laughs> in reality, we honestly kind of hate talking about recruiting. I still hate talking about it. But when it's the only thing going on, it's what you talk about. Um, August fall camp season, finally, we'll be able to uh, to focus on this team again. Hopefully get some, some teasers of who's popping. Uh, even if it doesn't come to fruition, it's fun to... Uh, to dream about um and then and then we'll be there but it is summer and i feel like this season like we were talking about earlier always goes fast so we can sit here and we're like oh season's so far away in reality it's going to be here before we know it once you make it to july you're basically there so yeah um yeah we'll just uh round it out here in the dead period let uh, the coaches take maybe their only vacation of the year Uh, it's really (laughs) the only time they can yeah they've Um, got media days come big 10 media days are the end of the month, basically the next, like end of last week, I want to say, or end of next week, I want to say. So end of July, their big 10 media day, and you'll get some storylines that come out of that. 
you'll get quotes, you'll get weird Jim Harbaugh stories or something, but, but yeah, you, you've got a week of vacation as a college football coach and this is, this is pretty much it. So if you were Mel Tucker and you had a, what does he get paid every year? $10 million paycheck from your second year as MSU's head coach, you have seven days to get the heck out and go do something with your $10 million. What are you doing? What's the move? Um, can I go to outer space? First of all, is that that's a thing, right? Commercial space flight. I it's like the the inner atmosphere or whatever. Like you're still not fully okay. in like space, but that yeah, would be yeah, that would be a day excursion. Sure, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, so for me, I'm typically not a big like let's just sit on the beach and do nothing guy like i i get a little bit antsy where i want to get up and go do something and you know go visit something interesting but i'm also not a person with the stress levels on a daily basis of mel tucker just you know when you have that much money when you earn that much money there is a level of constant stress and anxiety and pressure that comes along with it so i'll say for if it was me with my job and my life and my money i would probably just go tour norway and go through like go on a bunch of hikes and do a bunch of the mountains and the the fjords and go see the northern lights and do all of that But thinking, putting myself in the mind of Mel Tucker and just saying, I literally have one week that I don't have to be on 24-7 in the entire calendar year. So I'm just going to, where is it, like the the Maldives or whatever, where you get those those houses that are literally just floating above the ocean. And it's just this little paradise where you just, it looks like the most relaxing environment on the planet you have like your infinity pool if you don't want to jump right out into the ocean um so i'd probably putting myself in his shoes i'd probably do something like that where it's just full relaxation mode yeah i uh i like that move that's on my wife's bucket list like bora bora well who's whose bucket list is that not on right um i just got back from Italy, like I said, and we were on the Amalfi Coast. And every morning we would wake up and we'd go down to our pool, and you could see the, uh, you could see the coast and all the boats in the in the bay there. And every morning there'd be like two or three new super yachts just like moored out, you know, a few hundred yards off the coast. And yeah. you just sit there and like, don't get me wrong. I was very happy to be where I was. But you look <laughs> at those yachts and you're just like, yeah, like what's it take? So if I just made 10 million bucks and I had hundreds of people, <clears throat> excuse me, people pestering me for my time all year, I am renting a yacht. I'm going out to like somewhere on the Mediterranean, you know, Greece, Croatia, Italy, whatever, pick a coast. And I'm just having like a dozen people on staff and I'm just going to lay around and like people bring me drinks and I can go swimming, take the jet ski out, maybe whip up the chopper, you know, for an afternoon, just like flying over the coast, whatever, whatever those people do. That's what I'm doing. Um, I just, 
as you're talking, I just Googled. There's a, a website. It's called yachtcharterfleet.com. And you can put your location and you can rent these like super yachts, right? Nice. So I put in the, uh, I put in Italy and the first one that come up, comes up, I put 10 guests, I don't know, give or take. The first one that comes up is Aquarius and guess how much this is. It's a 302 foot yacht. Jesus. I can tell you there's a couple of pools, jacuzzis. Uh, just from the pictures, guess how much this thing is running for a week with you get, you get full staff, right. um, you I'm know, the sure whole, fuel's the whole paid thing for food. Right. Like, okay. This uh, is, you know, there's a gym, there's a, a staff that'll cook you like gourmet meals for 10 people for seven days, seven yeah. nights. So and a crew like, of 31 people. Oh my god. <laughs> 31? Yes. Okay. Um so I'm thinking like all inclusive resort in like the Caribbean is I don't know, like 800 bucks a person a night, something like that. I don't know. Give or take, uh, yeah. So let's just like times 10 that. Um I'm going to say like I'll just go with a clean million. It's it's you're a little short one and a half one point five mil for a week. <laughs> if you want to just blow through some money though, this this looks like a pretty good way to do it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> that's a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a person. Right. So that's what like twenty grand a, a night per person. Wow. And it's and it's. I would I would give it um I don't I won't I don't want to say it's one of the budget options on this website <laughs> but it's it is far from the most expensive option on this on the website I'll I'll tell you that. You can you can get the budget ones for eh, 450,000 that look like they'll do the job. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Sign me up. That's like a couple weeks pay for Mel Tucker, so All right, so I'm taking like a a six person yacht with like a 12 person staff because I don't want to be bothered. Like I said, I don't 30 want 30 person staff. That is unbelievable. 10 people plus 30 person staff. That's that's 39 people that can bother me at any moment. So let's, you've let's got, you've that got down. three, you've got three staff to every person on the boat, every guest on the boat. That just seems, yeah, it does seem like a lot of attention. Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm yachting. Maybe it'll be like a sailboat instead of a yacht. But like either way, if I got $10 million in my pocket and a week off, I'm getting on a boat. I'm going out to the middle of nowhere, throwing my phone in the ocean and uh, enjoying my time. Speaking of, we didn't talk about this before we started recording. Speaking of people with way more money than God and uh, <laughs> I don't know, half of a, a transition here. The the Big Ten adding USC and UCLA. I already gave my whole thoughts and on the podcast, so I'll I'll let you give your two cents on on that since uh, it's been a little while now. Maybe people don't really care about it anymore, but since you haven't had to to give your thoughts on that, yeah, the little summer roundup here. So, um, it's it's a pragmatic move for the conference with where the college football is going um that said like it the inner child in me is just like screaming because it's just not what it used to be 
college football, it's changing a lot. And I'm not the type of person who's like, oh, the sport's going to die. Like, no, the sport's going to be fine because they're figuring out how to make even more money out of it. As long as they're making more money, the sport will be fine. Uh, That's the reality. But yeah, I mean, it always felt like getting to play a team like USC was a reward for a great season to make it to the Rose Bowl and you get to play them. Or, I mean, maybe you, you find UCLA in a worse, in a bad bowl or something, but either way, like it was, it was a novel experience to play a West coast team. You play your regional teams. You've got like fire stoked because they're your neighbors. Um, and it always felt like your own little neighborhood battle for the whole season. And then, you know, you kind of, figure out your packing order and then you go out to, to duke it out in the bowl season. And that was always a lot of fun. It had a lot of charm to it. Um, a lot of times, you know, you have friends who went to your high school who maybe a couple of them went out of state to another regional state school. Right. So you get to stoke that little rivalry. Like you got a friend at Iowa or Minnesota or something like that. Um, and Though, I mean, that's still there. It's not like the big 10 dispersed and it's not like it's the new big 12 where they're like in Florida and, Utah, and I don't know. West Virginia. Yeah. Um, but it is a pragmatic business move. They're big brands. They have good academics. They have good sports. The basketball side can't be ignored either. I mean, UCLA has been to what one or two straight final fours now. I don't, I don't know. Um, but it does, it just kind of stinks. Uh, college football just is feeling less, like it used to i think some of these changes especially in the nil front are just like needed to happen for a long time and unfortunately are taking some of the charm out of it but i still kind of support the move um but this dispersed landscape in college football it's just yeah it's we'll see we'll see but that said and i've said this before when the balls kicked on saturday uh in the fall and the game starts nobody's gonna care that the team across the ball is from California, you're going to be stoked for another right. game of college football. And it's really easy to get worked up about this stuff in the off season. But in reality, it's always fun to watch your team play. It's always yeah. fun. And especially when there's stakes involved. I mean, I'd rather play UCLA for a big 10 win on the line than play them in the red box bowl at the end of the year, when all the offenses can't even like move half a yard per play. Um, it's in that sense going to be more fun to play for stakes. The travel sucks for the players. Uh, at least they maybe can make some money now to make it worthwhile. But like, imagine having an exam on a Thursday and then like, <laughs> flying to California to go play football. And then you get back Sunday and you got to go back to class Monday. Like that's, that's brutal. It's probably a four or five hour flight uh, each way. I feel bad for the equipment. Time dude change. Yes. Three hour time change. Like yeah, it's, it's different, you know, and it's, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think people are going to be complaining that they get to play college football. I don't think the coaches are going to be complaining that they get to coach college football. And I definitely don't think, like I said, the fans are going to be complaining once game day rolls around. Right. But, and, and, and once Michigan state fans who have lived in Michigan, their whole lives can go to LA in November, you know, and there's alumni there's something there, right? Alum West Coast alumni can get to a game. And I'm somebody who lives on the East Coast. I haven't been back to Spartan Stadium since the year I graduated, but I go to Rutgers every year. I'm going to Penn State this year. I'll actually be in Ann Arbor this year. That was a new development that I'm super stoked about. I haven't been to the big house in like 15 years. Um, so 
it's nice to have a game in your neighborhood when you're an out of state alumni like me. So that's fun. And I'm sure the TV markets and the alumni markets are, are something that went into these decisions. Um, yeah, it takes a little charm out of it, but like I said, I think once, you know, once the pads start hitting, um, people are going to be a whole lot less worked up. Um, that is an interesting point. I wonder if this same announcement happened the exact same way, but it was October 3rd, like, would it be as big of a deal? Like it would still be a big deal. I'm not saying like, ah, eh, nobody would even talk about it. But I feel like it would probably be one of those things that would just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday would be a big deal. But then by Friday, everybody's previewing the games next week and Saturday they kick off. And then the effects of these three upsets that happened. And then by the next Monday, people are like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That was crazy. Like what? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the it's like recruiting, right? When it when a yeah. recruit drops in the middle of June, it's the biggest news since sliced bread. When you get a commitment mid season after, you know, some recruit was on campus for our win over Michigan, it's like, oh, that's nice, but like, yeah, about that game, you know. Right. Yeah. So it's just the little cherry on top rather than the the main dish. Yeah, it's I mean, maybe this is just our generation's opportunity to start shaking our fist at the sky and say it's not like it used to be because you know, people said that about the forward pass. Well, football is not what it used to be. You know, it's not the same game. It's going to ruin the sport. It's going to kill the sport. It's, well, we love the forward pass now. Spread offenses. <laughs> oh, it's not, that's not football. That's just a gimmick. Well, we love spread offenses. Um, and those are changes to the actual gameplay. So I realize that's a little bit different, but in reality, like it's going to be the new normal. We're still going to love watching football. Um, I don't have to deal with the travel of going back and forth coast to coast and then going to exams. So like from a fan perspective, I guess be upset if you want to for now, but I guarantee you're going to be having fun when we play UCLA or USC for the first time in November in the snow, you're going to be laughing. It's going to be a fun (laughs) new storyline. You're going to be watching it. Um, There's going to be memes of, of uh, USC fans getting off the plane or whatever. Like, yep. It's going to be fun. We love college football. It's not going anywhere. It's making a whole lot of people, a whole lot of money. So um it'll stick around might lose a little bit of the charm we were used to but watch you know when we have kids and they grow up and they're gonna love college football and they're gonna be like why is dad complaining about usc i love playing (laughs) usc uh he took me out there and i got to go to disneyland too it's great what's not dad keeps yelling about these stupid oregon uniforms when we play him every year like (laughs) back in my day we only had to see that in december yeah (laughs) yeah it is it is funny how we're we are getting to old man yelling at clouds stage of our lives. I feel like earlier than uh, earlier than I would have hoped. <laughs> it's like yeah, we talk about like how our back started hurting a lot earlier. Oh, than, dude, yeah. You know, what are we not even thirty yet? And are like I need old? two chiropractor appointments a week. I'm 28, dude. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be fun a couple of years before we really see that. I don't think it's done shaking up the other. Thing to keep an eye on is Notre Dame. Are they finally going to make the leap? Uh, we'll see. I think this is probably the most pressure we have seen them under to join the Big Ten in our lifetime. Um, they're they're gonna sit and relish in this attention. in this attention and need. You know, everybody wants Notre Dame. They're gonna sit on that for as long as humanly possible until 
the absolute deadline. It'll be like midnight, July 8th, 2024, when the TV rights are being signed or whatever. And it's like, all right, Notre Dame. And at 1158, they'll be like, all right, we're joining the Big Ten. (laughs) We just wanted to string it out as long as we could. That would be so great to get that back into the Big Ten. Michigan and Michigan State playing Notre Dame, hopefully every year, although we'll see how the new schedules kind of fall out. But uh, either way, I mean, it's just such a fun game. Notre Dame every year. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the little giants, obviously, is the first thing that comes to my mind. And I mean, that could have happened against any team, but the fact that it was Notre Dame and especially a Brian Kelly Notre Dame just makes the memory that much sweeter. Um, I I will never forget the look on Brian Kelly's face as as it happens and he's walking towards the handshake with this just look of I bewilderment. Like I I don't know the right adjective for it, but just not even really like disappointment or upset. It was just like holy shit, the balls on that guy that's walking towards me yeah. right now. Like I can't even fathom. <laughs> it's like a mix of dejection and, and respect. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The his face as well as his quarterback, what was what was that QB's name? I can see his face and he was number ten. Um, but uh I want to say like Tommy Reese or somebody, but I don't it know. It might have been, yeah. I was gonna say that was way post like Jimmy Clausen and, yeah. and Brady Quinn, who are the first like Notre Dame quarterbacks that come to mind. But not uh recommended by doctors. I believe that was the night that D'Antonio yeah. had a heart attack or something. Um yep. so yeah, what a memory though. That's on my birthday, 2011. Um, I was so there. hopefully I was we get that back. Uh, yeah. Speaking of being there, I did just make plans to be in Ann Arbor this year, uh, Halloween weekend. So I, like I said, haven't been to the big house in like 15 years. And that was not for a Michigan, Michigan state game. I was like Michigan Vanderbilt or something. So <laughs> very excited, obviously for that experience. Uh, I'll be at Penn state as well in happy Valley this year. So Really exciting season shaping up. And speaking of football, Kevin, this is a football podcast. It feels like we haven't talked about football in six (laughs) months, but like actual on the field football. Um, We are going to start changing our kind of lens towards fall camp, towards football. Um, We always talk about fall camp storylines, which is tough because we don't actually get much information out of fall camp in reality. Like it's, it's video teasers and a couple little snippets from um, press conferences. And maybe a reporter catches one thing he saw at open practice, but in reality, it's like open practice is like 15 minutes at the beginning where it's half of it's stretching, like yeah, stretching in a couple position, like basic position drills. Yeah. Um, But we'll just say fall camp, early season storylines here. We're going to get into all them. We're going to be doing our position previews soon. But as we look at, let's say the first like non-conference, right? The first three games ish of our schedule. So we open with, yeah, I think we have a clean non-conference this year. So Western Akron, and then going out to Washington first three games. Um, Biggest thing you'll be watching for biggest storyline. There's plenty of storylines. What, one are you most excited to see on the field for the first time what are you what are you looking for i'll say there's a lot of stuff man i i will say it like i'll just bucket together like the passing attack on offense what what does that look like who is starting who's getting targeted more often than not 
where are these guys getting targets right is you know is keon coleman out there every time we're in the red zone and you can kind of look at that against western michigan and say huh like all right i guess you know he's he's going to be in for a few touchdowns this year because they seem to be prioritizing that or is you know suddenly uh montori foster getting like 10 targets week 1 and starting as the number 2 receiver and everybody's saying well man i you know i i just kept overlooking this guy in the in the wide receiver room but i guess i shouldn't have like the you know he's been starting games the last couple of years why you know why would we not expect that he's going to be a primetime player this year or you know whatever the case may be I'm just really interested and obviously looking at Peyton Thorne and how he has progressed his game from last year, but that's that's really the biggest thing for me. You get a couple tune-ups, like you said. Western Michigan, they're usually a good MAC team, but I know they lost like their quarterback. They lost a second-round wide receiver. They lost another draft pick uh, on defense. Like they, They're losing a lot from last year, and they're probably in kind of a, a a downturn year. So you've got Western Michigan and Akron, who is perpetually in the bottom of the Mac. Um, a couple tune-up games before traveling across the country to Washington. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that I'll be looking for is kind of how do how does Peyton Thorne look, right? Is is he just dialed in from week one? And then where are those targets going when are those targets going there? Who is he looking at on third down? Is it just hyper-targeting Jaden Reed on every third down? And you're thinking, oh, all right, like I love Jaden Reed, but that's kind of troublesome if you're not really looking anyone else's direction because defenses are going to pick up on that. Or is it every third down, the ball's going somewhere else, and you're thinking, all right, this is this is the exciting passing attack because the defenses can't just key on Jaden Reed and you know that that's probably the biggest early storyline that I'll be looking for cuz like you said I mean there's a couple tune-up games and you should be winning these games by a couple scores so you're not really going to take out too much um until Washington but I think that's one thing that no matter what the opponent is you can kind of glean some importance of as far as you know how the rest rest of the season can play out yeah i a couple more things on the passage at attack, the tight end distribution, right? Malik yep. Carr is one of those really athletic dudes that I think a lot of people have been excited to see come to fruition. But you've got Daniel Barker coming into town, who's very highly touted offensive transfer, uh, especially in the red zone. So what does that look like? Obviously, Connor Hayward was amazingly a big part of our offense last year and was filling a lot of gaps for a long time wherever we needed him. So who is going to fill that role? Uh, are they going to ask their tight ends to to play a similar role or are they going to change the offense based on the the personnel? Um, are we going to get the running backs involved? And is Peyton Thorne going to have the time he needs to keep his eyes downfield with that kind of retool offensive line? Um, all things to keep an eye on. I'm going to go to the other side of the ball to the pass rush. Uh, we obviously lost a lot of experience on the ends. We have one of the best defensive tackle groups in certainly the Big Ten, if not the country. Um, I think we're going to see a new look. I think we're going to see more three down linemen, kind of a traditional three, four with some stand up ends. I mean, you look at these linebackers, Cal Halliday will be in the middle all the time. Yep. As many plays as he can play, he'll be lined up over the ball. 
but you've got Jacoby Winman, who is, I think, can play all over the field, but can certainly rush the passer. You've yep. got Aaron Brule, who's supposedly kind of a pass rushing specialist. He can also play all over the field, but certainly has a great pass rushing skill set. And you've got some other kind of clues, guys like Tank Brown, who came in as a linebacker from a, when he transferred from Minnesota. We moved him to defensive end. Now he's listed at linebacker again, but hasn't gotten any smaller. So I think they're kind of building a roster that would allow them more of a three, four look. I think they'll still do four, two, five, because that's Scotty Hazleton's specialty. But Mel Tucker, you mentioned this to me, always ran a three, four when he was like defensive coordinator. So I think maybe we start to see a more multiple defense. Plus Brandon Wright, who kind of fills that role perfectly, where you set him out as wide as possible and just <laughs> screaming towards the quarterback as fast as he can with that speed rush. So yeah, another and guy that can kind of fill that role. Chris Bogle, another one that hopefully we're kind of relying on him to be a productive defensive end uh, coming up from Florida, a little bit undersized for like a traditional four two four three defensive end but maybe he's a stand-up guy and we just play a lot of defensive tackles in that three down lineman front so that's what i'll be looking for what kind of defensive front are we playing you mentioned we might not pull everything out of the bag but i think with new formations you're certainly going to have to get a little bit of familiarity with the the new play calls and the new system with the different formations so um are we are we mixing it up is it still just going to be the four two five most of the time, um, what's our third down package look like? How do these pieces fit together? Is Jeff Petrovsky able to push offensive tackles back um, with his undersized frame? It's just, it's a lot. And is Jacob Slade still going to be tossing centers into the lap of quarterbacks? I think the answer to that is yes. That's one of the things we can rely on this season is him dominating in the interior along with the rest of his group. So um yeah, Brandon Jordan also. I mean, there's so many storylines with this pass rush that that we have to see on the field for the first time. And against Western Michigan and Akron, you would certainly want to see our defensive front wreaking some havoc. Um, so so we'll see. Um, yeah, and, and, and in games that probably the other team is going to be throwing the ball a decent amount trying to catch up, right? So you'll get a bunch of pass rush snaps and... Hopefully you can see uh, some some quick wins by the the ends and the the pass rushers. Well, we are. What did you say? Forty six days away from finding forty six days away. Forty six days. All right, we'll sneaking up, dude. Down. Every time I do one of these countdowns, it, every time it jumps into a new, you know, like we're in the fifties. Oh my god, we're in the forties, and before we know it. We're going to be down into the 30s, which, you know, even at 39, I know that's longer than a month. I'm not that dumb. But it, when you're in the 30s, you start to look at things in the span of a month. Right. And so that's that's creeping right around the corner. And uh, yeah, we are very excited. We got position previews. We're going to draft uh, teams between the two of us. We've got some mailbags. We're going to predict uh, the starters. We're going to predict the the stat leaders. And obviously, we're going to give our season predictions for the Big Ten for Michigan State. Dude, I've already got, I think I just tallied it up yesterday because after Cam Smith won the Open, I got uh, about 100 bucks in my betting account. So I put out a few more futures. I've already got, I think, 20 college football over under win total futures out right now. So 
uh, it's safe to say I'm very excited for college football to start. And we are, we are very, very close to that happening. So stay with us. Like I said, apologize for the, you know, just sporadic podcasting over the last um, two months, let's call it. But we are both back in our homes with uh, I'll be starting my new job soon. But, you know, both with our jobs kind of settled with our lives mostly settled and uh, and hopefully be able to, to kind of keep this thing rolling on a normal basis now. So apologize. Appreciate the forgiveness. And uh, yeah, we will see you either this week or next week. We still haven't 100 percent decided, uh, but for sure at the latest next monday we will see you then until then hope everybody has a great monday hope everybody has a great great week we'll talk to you guys soon go green go white take care folks